I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, everybody tuning in from all around the world. Welcome to this week's episode of Live Your Best Life with Mila's Right. And you're in for such a treat today. My guest joining me is such a loved and honored international speaker and author and songwriter and poet and teller of stories. And honestly, you just I encourage you to really listen with your spirit, really listen with your heart wide open for the nuggets that Jesus wants to speak to you today to just encourage and transform your life, actually. So it's, it's my absolute joy and honor to welcome into the conversation with me today, Ray Hughes. Ray, welcome. Oh, thank you very much. It's a joy to be here. Oh, it's a joy to have you. I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but I wanted to start, I want to talk about the sound, the importance of the sound of heaven and the coming sound. And so to start there, I was reading your book, Ray, and I was so moved by your account of when you met the ladies that had lived in the Hebridean revival and what they shared with you and what was right most important to them through what they experienced. So can we start there? Would you just share that story with us? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, of course, many people know, of course, all of us should know the story of the Hebrides revival. And sadly, we don't. Mm. And uh, and sometimes I, I credit that to the fact that there's a ministry to, in the body that has been overlooked and also somewhat lies dormant in that, uh, that there's, a, there's a grace uh, and a calling. Um, and I use the word calling carefully because uh, you know, I, I know what we mean when we say called, but it's really not always about a calling. It's more, more likely about a caring. We're going to carry what we care about, and uh, and it takes a little bit of the religious bravado out of it, you know. But yeah. nonetheless, I think there's a lot of people that are called to uh, unveil and reveal what God really cares about, and He cares about His children and His children's children's children. There's a multi generational thing that's being overlooked, and so the storytellers really need to come forward. Whether you're a writer or a poet or a songwriter or whatever the stories need to be told we're losing a, gra a grip or a grasp of who we really are as god's people and a storyteller is just a guardian of memories and we must remember the mighty acts of god and tell of his wondrous work yeah. and with that said that you know people who love history and love revival history especially they love to go back and hear those stories but but they're not just stories. They they were they were truths that were set in motion for our generation, and I think that's what's happening now. Is we're starting to get our song back. We're getting our sound back, uh, and uh, and one nothing does that any any purer than being in an environment that's still carrying. Um, just there's a lingering knowing of the goodness of God in certain places. There's, Graces for places, and uh, one of them is the Hebrides. Uh, there, where that revival happened in the late forties, going into fifties, and with Duncan Campbell and all that. Mm -hmm. But 
to, to get out of the history of it, not long ago, just a few years ago, my wife and I went there for a visit and this wonderful pastor friend there took us out to meet some of the elderly people that were there during the revival. And it was really just one of those moments in time where you're sitting down and and the thing that I noticed most about those old, old folks is, is there's a, like there's one particular lady, and I, I would say, I said, you know, what's the thing that you remember most about the revival? And she says, oh, I was a little girl in that beautiful Scottish accent, you know, that Hebrides accent, yeah. which is deeper. She says, oh, I was, I was but a wee little girl, you know, and she starts talking. And as soon as she started talking about Bible, you could look in her eyes and you could tell she never left there. Oh, wow. Wow. Gosh. She said, what I remember the most was the singing. I said, "Um, well, tell me about the singing. And she said, oh, the singing was everywhere. And, uh, and I, an old man in his 80s whose father was the prayer warrior that used the anvil, if you've ever heard or read the old stories, he would pray at his anvil. He was a blacksmith and he would, he would kneel at the anvil and pray. And I, we asked him, what's the thing you remember most? Oh, it was the singing. There was two things they all remembered and we were going to different places visiting with them. And they always said the same thing. Oh, we, we never wearied and the singing. And so as long as the revival went on, and they were, this thing's happening, you know, all of those meetings that were happening was after church. They would go to the church gatherings, and it would be incredible. But then they would draw away, and they would go into the houses. And when they went to the houses, that's when they, they were, were not singing their, in their Gaelic tongue and all that. And they were not singing just the, just the psalms that you would hear in the congregation. Now they were singing the redemption psalms. What are the redemption songs? Those were the songs that Ira Sankey and those guys brought over. And these was a whole new language, a whole new language of sound that would come out of them. They were so enthralled by uh, that the language of praise and the language of those hymnists that were writing the songs of the day. And it said they would sing for hours and they would have these home meetings. And it said, when they would be walking down the road at night, they said, we were just wee children, about 14, 15 years old. And they're, they're walking down the road and they said, um, uh, well, first, when you were going to the meetings, they said, you know, how, how we, we would choose which bus we were going to ride uh, to go to the meetings. We would get on the bus that was singing the, our favorite song. So every, the windows down on every bus and people just singing these songs of praise. And they said, oh, I love that song. And so they would get on that bus and they would catch that. And, That's amazing. And then when they would leave the meeting, they would be walking home. And they said that the, the, the light, a glow about the size of a car or a vehicle would encircle them and they would walk in that light. Because remember, there's no street lights. There's no street lamps. It's dark. It's pitch dark and they would just walk along and sing and they sometimes four or five six miles that they would have to walk and they said this light would surround them and one of the beautiful stories that numerous uh, a few of them would tell was uh, there was a, a group of these young people walking down the road and they looked across the moors 
of these moorlands and they saw these lights, like this supernatural presence, like orbs dancing across the field. Wow. They said they watched them go toward this house and they went up the side of the chimney and then down the chimney they went. And then there was three of them. And they found out the next day that three people gave their heart to Jesus in that, in that house the night before. Oh and and they had they had hours of these kind of stories that uh, of, of just the beauty of what what was happening. It, it was a you know that's not about doctrine and even biblical facts. Uh, that's about truth being revealed mm-hmm. and manifested. You know, facts mm-hmm. can inform, but truth transforms. Yeah, there, there were just lights of truth moving through that culture like that, and and again. When you when you talk to them today, you can tell that they've never left. Oh. They've never left them. It's, it's a, so. and and a few of those that were there when when we were went around and talked to all these beautiful old folks. Quite a number of them have passed since then, and uh, we felt so honored to get to even be there. To yeah. and there's numerous stories about it. And they're just, yeah. but it was a. A beautiful time, God's heart. Uh, it's beautiful, he, and yeah. I, I love, I love what you said. You know how storytellers, how it's, it's we're so important. It's so important that the storytellers come forth now to preserve these truths, to remind us of like what you just said. You know the the magnificence of who our God is. You know the the, the historic displays of His splendor, how He's manifested Himself down the centuries it makes me so hungry for his presence and i'm sure everybody watching is the same you listen to what god has done you know through obviously you're one of the supernatural storytellers that's preserving the truths for us and saying this is what god can do you know and especially right now where i think the body of christ has largely it's been a very difficult time hasn't it for, for many many people over a number of years and and um people have lost their way a little bit and got confused and have come a lot of people have come away from the central focus of relationship with Jesus and have lost sight of the magnificence of who he is you know and I loved I loved again what you said like we're getting our sound back and I know you've talked about that a lot haven't you about the sound that's coming now like what Jesus wants to do what Holy Spirit wants to do in our generation right now so will you share a bit about that yeah, you. of an amazing thing right now that we, uh, on many levels, we're overlooking. And, uh, and when I when I say that, you know, one of the things that w- was a common factor in all of those revival days, wherever you were, it's it's like there was a Holy Spirit longing um, that was alive in people to see the beauty of what God could do in their generation. And and I and I liken it back to even David's time. See, in the same way that we long for those uh, incredible, unimaginable um, experiences in God, David did as well. And he, but he he did it from a place of isolation. And uh, and look how we've been isolated in the last couple of years, and mm. and, and and sadly and beautifully, uh, at some point it ceases to be isolation. And it becomes solitude. And uh, because this cocoonism that's going on now can only go on so long until God can do something deep enough in us that when we come out of that isolation, we find out that the longing was for him. 
And that's what happened with David. And, and it's happening today. I believe it. Uh, uh, yeah. See, David did it like that. He loved God. And in that solitude, his longing became lyrics. Mm, yes. And then his lyrics became, would ultimately become the language of God's people. Look at all the songs and the beauty and the poetry and the metaphors and the, and, uh, and, and the pictures and the, um, and the truth that would come out of. So longing becomes lyrics. Lyrics then would become a language, and then language would become their liturgy, and then liturgy would be married to literature, and we're still singing it, still reading it, still experiencing it today, and I think right now there's this there's this surge, uh, and and many are kind of overlooking it and thinking it might be another trend in the body of Christ, but I don't think it is. I think that longing is now giving us lyrics and language because I've never, and I do every week, I'm sometimes two or three times a week when I can, I'm speaking to songwriter groups. I spoke to a bunch of them in the mountains of Colorado yesterday. Last week it was, you know, anyway. All over the world, there are these songwriting communities coming together. When has that ever happened? Yeah, I have noticed the same thing. I've, yeah, I have. Particularly in the last six months is quite a lot springing up. And there is, like you said, there's a real authentic hunger, isn't there, in us? It's beautiful. And, and I'm telling them, hey, guys, you're not writing next year's most popular chorus. You're writing the next generation's language for accessing God. Wow. And we're going to access God out of what you're, what you're writing right now out of your longing. And this ain't about a five-year plan. This is a 500-year vision. Yeah. It, might, it might be a 5,000-year vision. Like yeah. with David. I mean, that, he was just a, a guy with a longing in his heart. And he, he, he wrote it. He danced it. He prayed it. He played it. He, and so the, his expressed creativity when he would engage with God out of that place of longing would become the lyrics and the language for the future. And oh. I, I think it's amazing what's what's going on right now. When you, when yeah. you see, and and I've never, I've never quite thought it like that way before. The revelation that flows into us from our the relationship we have with Holy Spirit now, what is then captured and communicated, like you said, through songwriting and just lit, literature. The sound is what affects the next generations to come. It's the truth, isn't it? It's so yeah. profound. The impact we can have. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, and the best time to really impact the heart of a child, for example, is about a hundred years before he's born. <laughs> yes, right. That's what, and that's right. what it does because music always remembers. And yeah. at the very, very perfect time uh, that that it's to be perpetuated as a truth into people's lives. I mean, look how many people listening to us today will say, "Listening to just as I am." Mm. Or what was the impact of Amazing Grace? And I, and I always think when we hear, see, impact is impact is something that happens in the now. I see it as an impact, meaning there's something percussive about impact. There's a yeah. strike, a dynamic that jolt. And, and but that's impact. What we're really looking for here is influence. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a fluid kind of, that's a river flowing to me. That's, mm-hmm. And they flow unto, unto, into the future, uh, born out of the impact that we have, because we've been impacted today. But when we, when we engage in that creative process or begin to tell the stories, 
it becomes then an influence. And right now we're about to become far more influential. Yeah, to uh, shape the cultures of the future. We, yeah, we've been, we're being impacted right now. Yeah. You know, by, yeah. by all this yeah. crazy that's going on in the world. Yeah. And, and I tell all these writers, you know, remember when you're writing, you need to understand there's, there, are you writing for a worship service? Or are you writing in the, and, and we ought to be able to write definitions of these, like a worship service is different than a worship event. Mm. And then a worship gathering. Then we have the worship industry, which I have a little trouble with, as we all do, because I don't know how to industrialize worship without tainting it. And to industrialize worship seems to take uh, something beautiful out of it. And but, but there's a worship industry out there. And I tell them, don't look at it from some rigid religious ideology and step away and, oh, I won't be in the worship industry. No, invade it, infiltrate it, get in there and carry the pure thing and put, mm. put and shape your songs and lyrics in such a way that they can have impact and influence, but don't give it away. So yeah. worship industry. And then you have the uh, worship lifestyles. Mm. At the end of the day is, Let's forget all those little second words and just say it's time to worship. It's time to worship, yeah. Out of the overflow of our worship, all those other things will find their way. Yeah, there's something that I read in your book and you said true liberty comes from uh, a lifestyle of worship where we truly abandon ourselves in worship to God. I mean, I'm paraphrasing you, but that's basically what you said and it really impacted me. And I thought, yeah, that's such a profound promise, and, is, and and it's the Lord's bringing us back to that, isn't he? It's like he wants us in the true, authentic, intimate experience of being with him, of our union with him, and living in the liberty that he purchased for us as we live in a lifestyle of just devotion and worship. Yeah, even on the hard days. Even on the hard days, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. worship worship in spite of your weariness and praise louder than your pain, even on the bad days. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So would what would you suggest to people who are struggling right now? Like to how can they move from the pressure that they're in to coming into a place where they can begin to engage with the sound of God's heart and move into this next level of authenticity, really, their relationship with Jesus? Well, you know, I, I think it's born out of, um, uh, of being awake and aware and alive to the wonder of God. Because mm-hmm. me, uh, like my job as a storyteller or songwriter or whatever, my job is to, to marry truth and beauty and awaken wonder. When we lose our wonder, uh, we're lost. Yeah. But God is far more wondrous than the darkness that's in this world. And if we turn our eyes to the darkness, and, and I mean, I'm in, I'm in a place in my life right now where I have to fight that struggle all the time. I don't know. Really? If you know, I, ha- I, I have cancer. I have bone cancer. And so for two years, I, I just... I didn't know that. Just gone. I uh, just spent four months. The, the, the uh, tumor inside of my bones, they grow and break open the bones, and it's uh, pain like I didn't even know I could endure. 
and uh, and <clears throat> and then and and so I have to, I have to really find that place uh, to say you know I'm going to worship in spite of this and I'm going to praise louder than this and I don't always do that really good and we're we're all we're all walking you know eight months almost nine months of chemo this year uh, that's not what and 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 I live my life with the, with the wonder of God I, you know. I love to go for walks in the rain because I believe God gives, gave, gave us rain to untangle our lives. And so I love to just go on rainy walks and, and just be aware and, uh, and alert to, and be a, I'm an imaginator. Mm. You know? And uh, so when you, when the enemy tries to come and dictate what your season is and shut you down and take you away, uh, it gets real, real fast. Yeah. And uh, and so what I t- what I tell folks is in all of it, whatever it is, you find the wonder of God again. And our our theology is being messed with, isn't it? Our doctrines are being messed with. Our understandings are, uh, are really really being messed with. And you know they they did the same. The world did the same thing with Jesus. They would always try the Sadducees and Pharisees and woke stands and all this nonsense in the world always challenging the beauty of who God is. Yeah. And they would, with Jesus, they would challenge his theology or his history. Oh, you know, uh, on the certain mountain, and they would challenge his theology. Can you imagine challenging Jesus' theology? <laughs> and, and then what would he do? He would say, no, um, um, he's not going to debate. And that, and and we we're being crippled by being drawn into this debate world, when the beauty of God is a reality, and we're over here arguing about somebody's politics or whatever. Well, Jesus w- wouldn't debate or argue with. Him. He would just say, uh, "Well, uh, when they were questioning me, he'd say, well, consider the lily,' and then he'd just walk away. Right. Or he might consider the raven, consider the heavens." Consider that, you know, he would just say and, and walk out of it. And somehow or another, we've got to keep all of that, <clears throat> that struggle that gets in our head when things aren't going right. Well, let's consider the lily. Yeah. I imagine those guys three days later, some guy's walking down the road and there's a lily and he starts considering the lily. And as he considers the lily, well, God uses creation to reveal who he is so he's yeah. getting a revelation of god looking at a flower yeah. and um and we're not looking at enough flowers we're not taking enough walks in the rain we're not taking enough and get out of the isolation and into a and into a different place yeah. and and that's when you find out the truth like jesus words it, it again not facts he wasn't going to argue with their facts because facts inform but truth transforms so oh, truth and he wouldn't, and, and furthermore, what would he do to answer? If he did answer their questions, here's how he would do it. He would, well, you know, a certain man on a certain day, and he would tell a story that's not even a fact. Right. He would, he, and he, he had a sacred intuition in him, and he accessed his creative process as he would hear what the father was saying and see what he was doing. He would speak out, speak a story that, again, not even a fact. But the truth that he was speaking from would become transformative in that, in that very moment. 
it's, I, I think we got to get there if we're yeah. going to make it in this crazy <laughs> Yeah, in this crazy time, but I think that is where the Lord is taking us to. It's like what is what you're sharing back to that authentic connection, authentic recognition of who He is and of who we are again, and to release His sound. You know, I had an experience. Um, gosh, there's such an, a lot of authority when you're speaking, actually. It's obviously partly because of what you're walking through yourself. You're right in the midst of the pressure, living living your authentic life internally with him. And I can feel it when you're talking. Um, there was a, I had an, a profound experience with Jesus. I've shared some of this on a previous episode, but it's to do with what you're talking about. And I just kept thinking about it when you were speaking. So I had an experience where I went into an encounter and I was, I found myself in heaven. I was with Jesus. And the first thing that happened was I knew in my spirit, I was there representing the bride the bride of christ and what what the lord is doing in our time and he wrapped me up in grave clothes and they were representative of the grave clothes that he'd been wrapped in when he was on earth and then he pulled as he wrapped me up at the top of my head he pulled and i spanned supernaturally quickly and the light of jesus the holy spirit of life just like shot through me filling me with life and I came completely out of the grave clothes. And as I stood there, now stopped spinning, Jesus leant forward and he touched my heart. And he said to me, I give you my song, the sound of my life. Yeah. And then he said, it's the third day. And of course, immediately I began to think in my heart straight away of when Jesus rose from the grave, you know, and we rose from the grave with him. And what we are going to sound like is Jesus. What we're going to, you know, the earth's going to see Christ in the midst of his people as we shine, you know, as we are loving him, enjoying him, and seeing, like you said, the wonder of who he is, getting heaven, getting divine perspective again, getting an adjustment in our thinking of who, understanding of who God is and who we are in him, who we carry, you know, like that awakened heart to actually comprehend who we carry. And so I came out of that experience and ever since I've been fascinated by sound, by sound and what's coming now and how the Holy Spirit's going to move from in the midst of us, you know, this great unveiling of who Jesus is in the midst of us because he's there within us, right? isn't he? It's just our minds are like, ah, oh. so many times I sit with Jesus and have done since that encounter saying, Lord, just blow this up in me, blow this truth up in me, let everything within me align to and yield to the supremacy of your sovereignty and to recognizing who you are inside me. So, yeah. I, I, the, the difference in that is being the obligation to church or fascination with God. Yeah, absolutely. So I think on some level, and this could be uh, taken wrong, but I think on some level, I think the Lord shut all the churches down so we can find God again. We need to find him. And I don't yeah. think anything other than him cuts it anymore for people, right? They, and I'm hearing it all over when we get communications in from the body of Christ into the ministry. And, and everybody's like, how do I connect with the presence of God? How do I walk in the spirit? I want to have authentic religion doesn't work anymore in my life. I've realized, you know, that people are untangling quickly and are desperate, actually, which is, is an amazing place to be in. 
for the body of Christ. You know? uh, hey, let me give you a little, de- uh, I'll have to read it here. Uh, I've got a def- uh, so many definitions of worship now around, but, and, uh, but worship is not about meeting the needs of some great big insecure egotistical God with identity issues. <laughs> right. uh, he, he is a father who yeah. seeks us to worship him because in moments of spirit and truth worship, he receives our undivided attention our, and purest expressions of our love while he gives us his undivided attention and purest expressions of his love. So those are moments when both parties, he and us, experience love as a gift and not a reward. Seekers become finders in moments of worship. He was seeking us as we were seeking him. So worship is when love finds love. And that is what's being, I think, restored to the body and to the bride these days is something something of a, of a fascination with God again. And instead of enduring the seasons and fighting through church politics and all that, uh, something very healing happens. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> when the, when in, in times like these, and yeah. so you know we're you know this is a, this is a time to rejoice in what God is doing rather than continually being bombarded by all this thing that the enemy's getting away with. Because His yeah. days are very very numbered. It's we're about to have some huge shifts because God's going to reveal Himself in ways that no other generation has ever experienced God. Mm. It's profound, so full of hope when you're talking, so full of hope. And I love what you said. I love everything you just said, but I loved what you said. Worship is when love finds love. That's just beautiful. Oh, I could talk to you for hours, but we're going to have to finish. Just in fi- just in finishing the conversation for today, could I ask if you would pray for people? Just to pray, just pray for them to, yeah, whatever's in your powerful spirit. And I want to pray for you as well, or for us all to come in agreement with you for supernatural healing. Yes. Um, Lord, there's a lot of um, amazingly creative people out there that you created to be creative. And I pray, Lord, that, that, that uh, mine and Liz's words today would, uh, would carry a, an expression of your nature that awakens them. Because we know that the prophetic is not about telling them what to do and how to do it. It's about awakening who they are. So, Lord, we speak an awakening into those that are cocooned away today, going through their stuff, trying to figure out what's happened to the world that they live in, uh, walking through strange and intense and intense uh, family moments and and, uh, job situations and all all of these things that that are robbing their lives of who you are right now, fighting. Lord, I pray that in those desperate moments and in that longing, that they will find the lyric that is the, the song of their life. And Lord, that somehow that they, you'll give them the grace uh, to write those songs and poems and paintings. And, and, um, and, and Lord, I, I thank you that they, that they won't even sound written. They'll just sound like something that fell out of their hearts and their spirits and made their lives make sense as soon as they begin to sing. And Lord, I pray that you would help them escape this, uh, this uh, temptation to figure it out. Because we don't need deeper thoughts. We need deeper silences that only your voice could be heard. In. So I bless them today. 
uh, with, uh, with, with prayers and poetry that carries truth. And that, may that truth become their song. And, uh, and Lord, may it, may it be reached beyond our lives and to, our, and to the ones that will come behind us. And Lord, we value and thank you for those that, that stood in their days of trials and calamities and days past and set your truth in motion for us. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful today to do the same for those that are coming behind us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We agree. We agree that the full expression of every one of your lives watching and listening around the world, the full expression of your authentic identity in Christ would be what would be flow from your life in all, in all different creative expressions. And so th- thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us your time today, Ray. And we all agree. I just lead us in this prayer that the, the Holy Spirit of the resurrection life of Christ inside of you, dispensing through you, will release afresh to your physical body supernatural healing today. Today, yeah. we agree. We agree as the body of Christ. We thank you for who Ray is, Jesus. We thank you for all that he pours out, all the strength that he pours out, all the empowerment, all the fathering, the love that comes from his life. We just honor who he is. We thank you for that miracle today, Jesus. Holy, true. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Ray, so much for being with us. So wonderful to meet you. I look look forward to being in the same room with you somewhere. Yeah, me too. So much, so much. And we'll be holding you in our hearts. And thank you all. Thank you all for being with us today and sharing your precious time too. Have the most amazing week, enjoying the wonder of who our God is. See you next week. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed.